You are listening to the Mining Stock Education Podcast, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. For my general investing philosophy of finding companies that generate cash and successfully redeploy that cash, the, the resource business is, is really terrible from that standpoint, and it's, it's highly speculative. So my, my approach is to is really a barbell approach, and I want to put most of my capital into the royalty and streaming companies, and I want to favor the, the larger companies that have diversified portfolios that have a very low cost of capital. Thank you for tuning in to Mining Stock Education. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Bill Powers, your host. If you want to engage the show, feel free to reach me at bill at miningstockeducation.com. Well, our guest today is Mr. Ben Kramer Miller. He is here to share his approach to resource investing and provide his take on uh, the sector as it currently is. He is the owner and manager of Mining Wealth Capital. He previously has served as the chief executive officer of a privately held exploration company as well as being a consultant to um, Nevada Gold Corp. He's also been a mining analyst and a freelance writer in this sector, so uh, quite uh, well-versed. Ben, thanks for coming on Mining Stock Education, and could we kick it off with you sharing a little bit about your background and how you came to focus on the mining sector? And just uh, one quick correction um, before I uh, before I get into that. Um, it's not Nevada Gold Corporation. It's uh, it's NV Gold, which is a, uh, a venture-listed company, uh, NVX. But aside from that, accurate. Thanks for having me on your on your show, Bill. I've been investing in resource stocks going back to uh, to 2008, 2009, when the uh, the world financial uh, when the global financial crisis was happening. And go, you know, I I, um, I I had planned on going to uh, to grad school for philosophy, and that's um, you know what what I got my my degree in. And I, um, you know, sort of started investing as a as a hobby on the side, and gold seemed like a good investment. And you know, it, it seemed natural to look at gold miners as a way to uh, to to get leverage. Um, you know, I, I now uh, I know know better, but um, I, um, you know, I, I I'm self taught in in the business. I um, I've, I've been in investing. Um, you know. Uh, going again, going back to 2008, um, I started writing on the sector um, on Seeking Alpha back in uh, early 2013, and um, you know around around that time, uh, Seeking Alpha had uh, expanded significantly the um, the pay packages for its authors, and um, so I uh, became a, a, full, a full-time writer on, on Seeking Alpha, writing about uh, predominantly uh, gold stocks. Um, in uh, 2015, I, I cut that considerably to, um, to focus on a, uh, on a, uh, a pay-for newsletter, uh, focused um, exclusively on junior resource stocks. Um, unfortunately, the, the timing was not good on that, and um, I had to uh, to shut that down uh, towards the end of 2016. In, uh, in in 2017, I started doing some uh, some IR work um, for um, for companies, and I've done work for uh, uh, Desert Gold. I've done work for uh, for NV Gold, as I as I just mentioned, um, and uh, mo- most recently, I, uh, I I did some work with a company called the Morocco Resource Corp. 
Did you teach yourself uh, geology then if you're a philosophy major? I mean, all the geology just came self-taught? So I was a very good science student. Um, and um, I'm probably better at the uh, the chemistry and the uh, the physics side. And the great thing about geology is that, you know, all these things kind of come together. Um, and, you know, you're, you're, you, you have these, these, these notions in chemistry and physics that, you know, enable you to, uh, you know, have, you know, understand certain things, um, in, in geology on an applied basis. Um, so, you know, I, I try to teach myself, uh, ge geology. I read geology textbooks. Um, but, you know, I, I have a, a, a network of people who I, uh, consult, um, who are, who are, are trained as, as geologists, um, in, uh, in helping me make my uh, investment decisions. And then you're currently the owner of Mining Wealth Capital. And what is that a investment fund? So right now, Mining Wealth Capital is predominantly focused on a, uh, a privately held portfolio um, w that, that has um, probably 10 to, uh, to 15 uh, projects or interests in projects. Two of them are uh, re relatively advanced and have, uh, have in-house resources. And so right now, Mining Wealth Capital is really focused on, um, you know, evaluating that, you know, that property portfolio, you know, seeing if we can find a way to, uh, to create value and, um, you know, hopefully uh, go public with the uh, the more advanced properties in the next uh, several months. So you've been in the sector for over a decade. Uh, could you elaborate a little more on your investment approach and the positive investment criteria that you look for in an investment? Generally, when you're looking at, at investments, the, uh, you know, my, my main concerns are how, how much cash is the company generating and how is management deploying that, that cash? So, you know, I think with, with, with that in mind, I tend to favor the, uh, the royalty and streaming companies in this space. Mining companies tend to perform very poorly and are generally poor stewards of capital. So if you're able to time, you know, the gold market or, the, you, know, a, you know, another commodity market successfully, then you can do extremely well in mining stocks. But if you look at, um, you know, the, uh, the well-known names in the sector like Barrick or Kinross or Anglo Gold, you know, these stocks are trading below where they were in, you know, 1999 when gold was sub $300 an ounce. So, you know, that, that you know, that's something, um, you know, really wor worth considering before putting uh, money into, uh, into mining companies. Um, and I would be very selective um, on on, on uh, those companies. Now, also with respect to uh, to junior companies, um, keep in mind that you know their source of capital isn't from cash flowing assets; it's from the uh, the capital markets. And furthermore, there's a it's not easy to quantify um, the uh, the value that is being created. Um, by junior mining companies or, or junior resource companies who are, you know, effectively collecting data. And so, you know, you, you can, you know, estimate roughly, you know, after a certain point what a property might be worth once it gets to the, uh, you know, the PEA or the, uh, the PFS stage. But, you know, other than that, it's, it's very difficult to, you know, understand, you know, what the, the real value of these things are. So, you know, 
from my from my general investing philosophy of finding companies that generate cash and uh, successfully redeploy that cash, the the resource business is is really terrible from that standpoint, and it's it's highly speculative. Um, so my my approach is to is really a barbell approach, and I want to put most of my capital into the royalty and streaming companies, um, and I want to favor the the larger companies that have diversified portfolios that have a very low cost of capital, and you know then on the other side, you know t- you know really take that risk um, on the uh, the juniors or the, uh, the the mining companies, knowing full well that you know. You know, in in a general sense, the odds are against me, and you know I can try to mitigate that through um, you know some of the uh, the knowledge that I've gained over the years and uh, my my technical contacts. But you know, I I think it's key that um, that investors understand that these are you know that mining companies and the junior resource companies are extremely risky. They tend as in in general, they don't make money over time. And you need to be incredibly selective and, you know, position, you know, have small positions, basically. What's the breakdown between royalty companies, producers, and these pre-revenue companies in your portfolio, percentage-wise? I would say probably 90% would be in the uh, the royalty streaming companies, um, and then 10% in the um, in, in, in the juniors. I don't currently hold any... Uh, gold mining companies, any any producers, or any anything that is uh, that is near production. I own one one mining company, which is uh, Alliance Resource Partners, which is a a coal miner that trades at like four times earnings. Um, and I'm I'm a I'm a bag holder in that one. I, I've uh, I'm down seventy five percent on that one. So uh, <laughs> I've noticed that you um, also have on Twitter uh, seem to like Sandstorm. You've uh, posted a couple positive things about Sandstorm. Sandstorm. I don't know what the market cap is as we speak, but it was around a billion dollar market cap. Uh, are you positioned in any of these smaller royalty companies, you know, half a billion and below? So for, first with with respect to Sandstorm. So yeah, Sandstorm is my largest position. Um, I started um, I started looking at Sandstorm back in uh, as early as 2013, and uh, I, I was quite negative on the deal relative to the other uh, ro- royalty uh, companies out there. And uh, the reason for that was they, you know, they, they typically had very large royalties or, or, or streams that would take a lar- you know, a, a punitive amount of capital away from the, uh, the mining companies that they were partners with. Uh, the partners were relatively small companies and, you know, the, the team made a lot of technical, uh, errors, um, when, when they first started and over the past few years, they've really turned the, uh, the ship around. And, you know, now if you look at their major partners, they're not, it's not, you know, Colossus Minerals, Brigas Gold, Arizona Mining. It's Rio Tinto, it's Lundin, it's Yamana, you know, billion dollar companies that, um, you know, that, that, that have uh, diversified portfolios and, you know, who you know, really understand how to, uh, to operate mines. So they've, they've really turned things around. Um, they've also been punished uh, for their purchase of uh, a company called Mariana Resources a couple of years ago. Um, 
they are, they, you know, the reason for that is that this deviates somewhat from the royalty streaming model. Uh, Mariana uh, was developing the uh, the Had Madan uh, gold project in uh, in Turkey with a uh, with a local Turkish partner, and the uh, the market really punished it, um, despite the uh, the high quality of of that project. And there, I I, I don't know of any other project out there that. Um, you know, has, has the, uh, the, the economics of, uh, the, uh, the Hagmadan project. So it was an exceptional, uh, move on their part, but, um, you know, I, I, th I think it was a good one and the, the stock just got hammered. And that's when I started, um, you know, p picking up shares. And then, uh, last year, um, when the, uh, when the stock was trading at, at $4 and, uh, and below that, um, I, I made it my, uh, my largest holding. And so far that has, uh, worked out relatively well. And the smaller royalty companies, you know, the Ely's companies, uh, that far low in market cap, do you go into those as royalty companies? So I don't. And the, uh, there, there are a couple things there. So, uh, first off these, these smaller royalty companies, you know, there, there's, often uh, you know other facets to the uh the, the business model so if you look at look at illegal you know they have they have a lot of exploration properties in the uh in the portfolio and you know it's very expensive to hold on to the, to uh to these properties um you know an another thing that i think is is critical um in, in terms of understanding just why the larger players have have an advantage is the uh, is their cost of capital? Um, the royalty companies have a very low cost of capital. Um, they can they can they can borrow money in order to to buy these streams, and they can they can justify um, paying higher prices than the smaller pl players who do not have access to that that inexpensive capital. Um, so, you know, co companies like Metalla and, uh, and Mavericks have been using their, their stock as a, as a, as a way to, uh, to grow their, uh, their portfolios. Um, and, um, you know, they, they've also been making, um, you know, smaller deals with, with, uh, with smaller partners and it, it just doesn't, it doesn't appeal to me the, uh, the, the same way. Um, what, what, what exception, um, and, um, you know, th this is largely because of the this, the success that the company has had is is a company called EMX Royalty, um, which is kind of one of those hybrids between a uh, an exploration company or a project generator and a a royalty company. And these guys have uh, have, have proven that you know they can operate on on both sides. They've purchased royalties that were undervalued. Um, and they have also uh, successfully uh, generated projects. Um, so, you know, if you know, it, you know, if I had to buy one of the sort of smaller royalty companies that you know that, that is a hybrid, uh, I, I think EMX would be the, uh, the, the the way to go. But you know, I, I would still categorize uh, you know a company like that as a as a as a risky junior, and I would weight it in in my portfolio accordingly. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. Otis Gold Corp is a gold development and exploration company with quality projects in the pro mining state of Idaho. Otis's flagship Kilgore project has a resource of 961,000 gold ounces, and its recently published preliminary economic assessment demonstrated an impressive post-tax IRR of 53% at $1,500 gold. In addition to the significant expansion potential at Kilgore, Otis is 
exploring its highly prospective Oakley project, this Carlin-type gold deposit already has an inferred resource and previous near-surface drilling intersected 123 meters of 0.69 grams per ton gold. Otis Gold Corp trades in New York under the ticker OGLDF and in Toronto under the ticker OOO, that's triple O. To learn more, go to otisgold.com, that's otisgold.com. For the 10% of your portfolio that focuses on the, the higher risk, higher reward stocks, uh, what are your investment criteria here? So, I, you know, I think the, uh, the, the key is really management. And, you know, this is something that, you know, I don't think a lot of people understand. And it's very easy to, um, to say, you know, I, I'm looking for, you know, companies that are run by management teams or uh, individuals that have... Uh, had industry success, and uh, the the problem with that is it's it's very easy for uh, for individuals to claim industry success without actually having had it, uh, especially since the um, you know the you know you know re real discoveries, real breakthroughs in this business are scientific, and a lot of a lot of scientists are introverted. Um, they, you know, th some of them have trouble uh, speaking up for themselves and people who are more extroverted um, are, um, you know, and, and who are more politically motivated and more focused on getting up to the top than being a scientist um, are there are people who are, uh, you know, who, you know, um, can get credit for these, uh, these discoveries. So, um, you know, I, th you know, I think ma management is key and, you know, it's, it's less about, um, somebody having claim to, uh, industry success and, you know, more about, you know, me getting to know the, uh, the, the management team and developing a level of trust and a, uh, and a rapport, um, and um, just just you know ma making sure that um, you know e you know that management is is aligned with shareholders and that they have the uh, the the technical expertise and the uh, the capital markets uh, expertise as well as the, uh, the the network within the capital markets in order to uh, to achieve their goals. Ben, is your favorite jurisdiction Nevada uh, because you uh, have done work there? So I, I would I would broaden that to the uh, the Great Basin generally, and that goes north into Idaho, um, east into uh, to Utah and uh, and and Arizona. The reason I'm so focused on Nevada, and it, it is a great jurisdiction to work, but the reason I'm focused there is simply that uh, my uh, my network of geologists uh, have expertise in Nevada. They've 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 worked there. Um, they've done research um, on on you know a lot a lot of these properties, and so you know that that i believe gives me an investing edge that um i think would be very difficult to um to, to attain if i were to look at you know other jurisdictions that uh investors tend to like like you know C quebec and uh you know other parts of of canada where i don't have that network so that that's really the uh, the the key for me in uh in investing in uh in nevada but that's that doesn't mean that it's not without um it's, it's issues. Um, and, you know, a couple of those are, you know, that land is, you know, it's expensive to hold. Um, you know, so, you know, a lot of exploration companies you see who are in 
parts of Africa or Latin America or Canada, you'll see that they have, you know, 100 plus square kilometers of land. Whereas in, in Nevada, if you're a junior, you simply you, you, you can't do that. Um, the, the other disadvantage to, to Nevada is just the uh, the lack of access to uh, to data. And, you know, in 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 Canada, for instance, data is available uh, for it, it's it's pub, it's public. It's publicly available. Um, whereas uh, data in, uh, in in Nevada is um, it, it's 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 hoarded and it's um, you know, there, there's a, a level of, a, um, I guess, uh, you know, it, it's it's coveted and it, it's it's secret. And, um, you know, you, you simply you, you have to be more of a detective in order to uh, to succeed in in, in in Nevada. Whereas, you know, if you want to do something in, in Quebec, you can just go online and find all, all, all the data. You can find exactly where all the, uh, the where there's land available. Um, so, um, you know, th- those are a couple of disadvantages. But, you know, the uh, the advantages to Nevada are, um, you know, first of all, it's it's highly geologically endowed. Um um, you know, there, there are uh, multiple mines in Nevada that have produced north of, uh, you know, 10 million ounces of gold. The Gold Strike mine has produced uh, 44 plus million ounces of gold. That number is probably 45 uh, now. Um, the uh, the second thing about um, Nevada is um, the... Um, you know the the laws governing um, you know how how you um, how, how you get your permits um, are very straightforward. That doesn't mean that they're simple, but they're they're very straightforward. And if you are uh, meticulous and you follow directions, it's not difficult typically to get an exploration permit in uh, in Nevada. What's your expectation for the gold mining sector over the next three years? Yeah, it, it appears that gold is uh, is in a uh, bull market, um, and uh, go- the gold market bottomed in December of uh, 2015. Incidentally, I wrote an article, um, you know, uh, about uh, literally the day before, uh, arguing that you know this this last dump in gold is uh, is it, and it's it's time to buy. And uh, so far, gold has risen about uh, four hundred dollars uh, since uh, since I made that call. Um, and it's been it's been slow and it's been painful. And you know, you you've seen some miners uh, perform uh, relatively well, but you know, a lot of them are still uh, struggling. And you know, a lot of companies are still struggling to make money even at uh, fourteen fifty gold. Um, so. Yeah, I guess over 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 the next three years, I you know I, I do expect the uh, the gold price to rise. It's not going to go up in a straight line. Um, at some point, the, uh, the the gold price will enter a mania. Um, whether that happens in the, the next three years, um, you know, I, I I really don't know. But um, you know that you know, I think from an investment standpoint, if you like gold. I think you should buy gold. Um, you know, don't you know? Don't, don't try to buy miners as as a proxy for gold. If you're buying a a gold company, um, make sure you're you're buying it because you you like the underlying business, and 
you know, make sure that the the company can succeed in a uh, in a neutral or a slightly bearish market in in gold. Um, you know, look, if, if gold starts falling off a cliff, none of these companies will will do well. That's that's just the uh, the, the reality. But um, there there are companies out there where I think you can make money over the next uh, three years, even if gold stays where it is or trends slightly downward. When you look back at the last gold up cycle that you were part of from uh, 2008 through uh, 2012, what would be some of the key mistakes that you would observe both uh, as an industry as a whole, mistakes of other investors and your own mistakes? So, I you know, I think in any bull market, not not just gold, but you know, we 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 saw it in the dot com bubble and we're we're seeing it today. Uh, you, you see a disconnect between fundamentals and reality. So, you know, in, you know, in, in a, uh, in a gold bull market, you can have ATAC resources go from 10 cents to, uh, to $8. I forget the exact numbers, but something, something to that effect based on simply a concept. You can have a Newmont buying out, uh, frontier gold for two plus billion, or, you know, I think it was a thousand dollars per, uh, reserve ounce something uh, outlandish uh, like that. Uh, I mean, similarly, though, in the dot-com bu- uh, bubble, you saw Time Warner by, uh, by AOL. Um, so y- you, you see th- this disconnect uh, between uh, fundamentals and, uh, and reality. And, you know, if, if you are a nimble trader, that's something you can take advantage of. Um, so, you know, so, some of the best performing stocks during that bull run are, you know, companies that have projects that, you know, don't appear like they'll ever be mines. Um, so I mentioned, I mentioned ATAC earlier, um, you know, which, which has come right, right back down, um, international tower Hill, which has the, the live and good project up in Alaska, which is, you know, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of gold there, but it's, but it's very low grade and, and it's, uh, remote. Um, so, you know, owning something like an international tower hill during an upcycle, if you can trade that correctly, you're going to do much better than owning a Franco Nevada. But, you know, if you're investing and you're, you know, over multiple cycles, um, you know, Franco is going to compound your capital, whereas something like international tower hill is going to, it's going to have that 20, 50 fold run and it's just it's just going to come right back down. So it really depends on, you know, your, your disposition as, as an investor. Do you, do you, you know, want to buy shares in a company and put them in a drawer for 10 years or 20 years? Or, you know, are, are you a trader? Um, are you willing to, um, you know, take advantage of, uh, you know, short-term moves in the market? Are there any other companies that you're invested in that you'd like to share? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, so I, I, di- I did already mention uh, Sandstorm Gold. Um, uh, and you know, another company that, that I'm invested in and, uh, you know, full disclosure, I, I did work for these guys. Um, I was paid by them no longer. Um, but I was paid by them and I, you know, I still have, uh, options is a company called the Roca resource corp. Um, so, you know, I, I, I like to find stories where, um, you know, there, there is a, a disconnect between fundamentals and, and, um, and market perception. And Oroco uh, has a, um, let's call it a, uh, a, a complicated earn-in agreement on a uh, 
porphyry copper project in northern Sinaloa in Mexico. And this property was, was drilled out, metallurgical work was done in the, uh, the 1990s, and um, ultimately the project entered an ownership dispute uh, that ended in, uh, uh, let's call it April. Uh, of, of this year. So here, here is this, it's a, it's a high quality uh, copper porphyry mineralization at surface. Uh, the previous owner, uh, pre previous drillers uh, only uh, drilled uh, down to, uh, to 300 meters. The average drill hole is, I think, less than uh, 200 meters. And the reason for that is they were looking for, uh, for oxides and they didn't find them, but they found plenty of uh, sulfitic material and it consistently, you know, is grading uh, 0 0.4, 0 0.45 copper. Um, and there's already, you know, some billion tons of, of, known, uh, of known ore. Um, uh, the deposit is open to the, uh, the, the, the north. It's uh, open at depth. And, um, you know, the, uh, the, the market, you know, it, the stock has done very well. Um, you know, it, it's you know probably one of the, one of the best copper uh, stocks uh, year to date, um, but the, uh, the the share price has come down uh, from from its peak. It's lost more, more than half its value from the uh, the peak, and uh, you know I, I still think there is uh, there's there's significant value, and you know there are very few copper porphyries out there where you have where the uh, deposit is is at surface. Where you have very good metallurgy, um, where you're you're very close to uh, to infrastructure and, uh, and and a port, so um, you know I think this is um, this is a, uh, a still undiscovered gem that uh, that, that investors should uh, should take a look at. Ben, if listeners want to follow you and stay up to date um, on your current thoughts on the market, how would they best do that? Uh, right now, it would be uh, via Twitter, um, and my handle is at the Wealth Miner. Okay, at the Wealth Miner on Twitter, Ben Kramer Miller. Uh, ben, I really appreciate you coming on Mining Stock Education and sharing your insights. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Bill. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty dollars or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10-for-1 returns as there is in small-cap and micro-cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. 
The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.